Hello, babies. What's shaking? I'll tell you what's shaking over here. My dread of seasonal depression. I cannot stand fall and winter. I do all the things that I'm supposed to do to make sure that I stay bright and lively, right? I keep my windows open to let in all available light. I use that special lamp that's kind of like a little blue lamp. You know, I use that maybe like 30 minutes to an hour each day. I sniff bright citrusy scents, which are my favorite anyway. So I have a lot of candles with like a base of citrus as it is. And then, you know, I make sure to leave the house, go run my errands during the day if possible, force myself to move. And and I, you know, I do all the things that I'm supposed to do. And yet when the sun starts to go down at four o'clock or even like three o'clock, sometimes it feels like it just wrecks me for months on end for the whole two seasons. And I do not like it. I can't stand it. And, you know, it doesn't help that this is about to be the second or maybe third, depending on, you know, how you want to call it, uh, the third winter in a pandemic. And it's just it's just a lot. I'm actually really I'm kind of frightened about what this winter is going to be like. So if you have any suggestions on how to combat seasonal depression, please, please, please feel free to tell me. Um, You can at me on Twitter at thisisgoodpod or you can email us here at thisisgoodpod at gmail.com. And you know what? I might just read your suggestions on the air. Now, one of the ways that I end up stuck inside during the winter, you know, beyond the fact that I am a spring baby and I'm from the South, so I have a natural predilection for warmth and sunshine already, is that I watch too much comfort TV. I'll burrow into a cave of Frasier, A Different World, Martin, Living Single, just a whole bunch of old sitcoms from my high school days when all I had to worry about was how not to get caught skipping school. And I don't necessarily fool myself into thinking the old days are better. I know that they are simply different. But sometimes the nostalgia does take over and I'm just like, oh, why can't I go back? I really don't want to go back. But, you know, sometimes the brain is tricking. Today's guests take nostalgia and slap it, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. My mom used to tease me about how much I wore out my BVD uh, CD. And she would always say, are you listening to the BVDs? Which used to be a brand of underwear. So (laughs) anyway, Tracy Clayton and Josh Gwynn host Back Issue, a podcast that looks back at crucial moments in pop culture, especially black pop culture, that would have set the world on fire had social media existed the same way that it does now. We had a really good time talking about watching old movies and TV shows, including daytime TV, like old talk shows and soap operas and things like that, or listening to old music and how all of that brings us a little joy into our lives. We laugh so much, so I hope you're ready for some good times. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, a secure online therapy service. BetterHelp connects you with licensed therapists through their secure app, letting you message with your therapist and schedule live phone or video sessions. 
The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can even search for therapists by area of expertise, which may not be locally available. When you contact your therapist, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So try it today. This is good for you listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash this is good. Betterhelp.com slash this is good for 10% off your first month. My name is Josh Gwynn. I'm a senior producer, and I'm a co-host of Back Issue at Pineapple Street Studios. My name is Tracy Clayton, and I am the co-host of the Back Issue podcast and a whole bunch of other stuff. So you should go find them and listen to all of them. What we're going to talk about today, people, is nostalgia. Because when I asked y'all what y'all do to bring pleasure into your life— Tracy is like, I look at old daytime TV on YouTube. Josh Mm -hmm. was like, I watch old movies and TV shows and I listen to old music. So the old stood out to me and I want to focus on leaning into nostalgia for pleasure. Mm. Mm. My favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally my, um, what are those things called in Titanic when they got off the boat? Death. No, <laughs> like a life vest. Oh, like a life raft. Yeah, like a life raft. It's literally been my life raft for the last two years. Ooh, I wouldn't yeah. have made it through without being able to like go back and listen to old music and watch old TV and old movies. That's true. That's the same for me, I think. But maybe more than the last two years, because when I got super, super depressed, it was just so nice to pick something that used to give me a lot of comfort when I was younger and not depressed. Like, Mm. it both gives me something else to focus on. And it also sort of lets me relive the least stressful times in my life, I think. And what was least stressful than coming home after school and watching Ricky Lake or Jenny Jenny Jones Jones. or (laughs) Sally? Yeah. Is that high school for you, Tracy, those daytime talk shows? That would be middle school, I think. Okay. Like for Ricky Lake and Jenny Jones. Like middle school, beginning of high school, maybe. Okay. And Josh, for you, what period of your life are you getting comfortable with when you're looking at those old movies and old TV shows and listening to old music? And like, how old is old? How, like, what are we talking about? (laughs) I think for me, it's like, I feel like every Black parent comes with the same handbook, but one thing that my parents would always say is like, you have one job and it's to go to school. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so going back to a time when things felt like way simpler, when I could focus on one thing is what I think I'm doing. And for me, that's like when I was coming of age, when I was trying to figure out who I would become. And like, I had these babysitters growing up, Tiffany and Stacy, and they were like, probably like 10 years older than I was and so whatever they were into I was always like oh that's like what I want to be into like that's what the cool thing is they were the ones that watched Moesha and they watched all the cool TV and like Stacy was she introduced me to Never Say Never like the Brandy CD and I was I think I was always just like when I get my turn to like make decisions like these are the decisions that I'm going to make and so when I think about nostalgia and I think about like going back to a time when things are simpler, it feels like I'm going back to a time when there was like 
more possibilities to what my life would be. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also it's before you become conscious of how terrible the world is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I knew racism existed when I was younger, but, like, it had never, like, happened, happened to me. Mm. Not like it has been lately with all the race <laughs> wars and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's just that phrase. Um, can it be that it was all so simple then? I understand it now. Can mm. it? Was it really? I think it was. Was it simple, though? Was it simple or were you just ignorant of it? Oh, you just going to call me names? I'm, I'm just know? saying. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> There is a bliss in that ignorance, though. Yeah, I think the answer is both, honestly. You know, I didn't know what it meant to have a job and have to pay bills and taxes and know that billionaires were not paying taxes, even though they were billionaires. You know, like, it's not something that I was conscious about. Mm -hmm. I miss that ignorance, honestly. I wish it was, like, a place that I could, like, go back to and visit. Maybe that's what nostalgia is. (gasps) It's a cocoon of ignorance. And that's just where (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) go. Back to the womb. At least temporarily. Yes. (laughs) I love that. A cocoon of ignorance. Uh, Josh, what are some of the other movies or music that you would go back to now? I loved, like, a teen comedy. Like, a Bring It On or, like, a She's All That or... (laughs) 10 Things I Hate About You. Again, because it was like looking at like the big kids. Like, what are they doing? Like, what will my life be like one day? Um, My life turned out nothing like those kids. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of it is like music as well. Like, (laughs) I was telling Tracy this the other day. My parents didn't let me watch TV during the week because I ruined it when Power Rangers was out because I would rush through my homework so that I could watch Power Rangers. And they they were like, okay, you can't watch TV until Saturdays, like Saturdays and Sundays. But the thing that I could do was listen to music. And I had this like boom box that had like the two tape decks on it where mm-hmm. you could like record one. You could record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I would sit there and make mixtapes of all of this music that was talking about stuff that like I had no idea what they were talking about, but like I loved it. And then I would look at my babysitter Stacy and Tiffany, like they had these like CD jackets in their car. Mm-hmm. And, and the so, Exactly. And so I would look at them and I would memorize them and then I would wait for the radio to come on and then I would tape those songs that I I found on the visor because this is before you could burn CDs. (laughs) (laughs) And so like I found so much music that way. Like I was listening to like Erica Badu and Tamia and Eric Benet and a lot of the teen stuff like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. So, like, now when I get really stressed out, like, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, like, lock myself in a room and just put headphones on and, like, zone out to the music that I used to listen to when I was, like, 13. Mm. Mm. Okay, so I feel like, and y'all correct me, but, Josh, you are talking about going back to this feeling of hopefulness and, like, optimism with what your future could be. And then, Tracy, you use nostalgia to wrap yourself in, like, I don't know anything. This is all I... This is it. That cocoon of ignorance. So we've got hopefulness and ignorance in a... I keep saying ignorance, and I don't mean it in a bad way. (laughs) It just sounds like such a name for a R&B group. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) hopefulness and ignorance. Guess who's who? Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're correct. I definitely use it as a way to dissociate, I think, mm. you know, because I can't always leave my body, unfortunately. I'd be having, like, shit to do. But just, you know, sipping a little something, smoking a little something, whatever I need to do to get my brain to, like, physically just sort of, like, 
stop, <laughs> you know, because it's always on a hamster wheel of just like problems and worries. So I try to calm that down internally and then I'll just turn something on and just like sit. And like my goal is, I think my goal is to feel nothing, I think. Mm-hmm. If some joy pops up from the nostalgic things I'm watching, then that's great. But mostly I just, I just need, I just need peace, peacefulness. I think that is my, my goal in it. Okay, that sounds a little better than ignorance. Yeah, can we switch to that? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so we've got hopefulness and peacefulness. That's yes. what nostalgia yes. brings to y'all, respectively. Mm-hmm. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. Okay, <laughs> what is your process of figuring out what you're going to look at today or what you're going to listen to today? So the process used to be what does my YouTube dashboard algorithm thing suggest today? Mm-hmm. Because it will usually suggest to me some form of true crime. I'm with it. Some form of, oh, like old trials, like criminal defense trials from true crime cases that happened as I was growing up, right? Like I watched the entire OJ trial a while ago. <laughs> it was like, it took a long ass time, right? But when I was younger, <laughs> like, I just think it's so fascinating because it's just like, wow, now I'm old enough to understand all of what was going on and not just that there was a black man accused of murdering a white woman. Cause then I was like, that's not right. He didn't do it. Now I'm like, that nigga did it. I'm sorry. That, <laughs> that he did it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. He did it anyway. But basically I usually just find something on YouTube because my brain can't even be bothered to figure out what it is that I want to consume most of the time. And I'm also so indecisive. I just be like, girl, just play a video and just see what YouTube gives you <laughs> from here on out. And sometimes that'll work. Other times I go by mood, you know, what am I feeling? Am I feeling a little, um, a little saucy today? You know, am I ovulating? Do I need like a good soundtrack for that? Then we go to Voodoo, we go to D'Angelo, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. But usually it's just, it's ease and accessibility and what do I not have to work too hard to yeah. settle on? Mm-hmm. And for you, Josh? I feel like when I like get into these moods where I'm like, I need to watch something, like, I need to watch something that I've watched before that I'm familiar mm-hmm. with. Right, right, right. The journey to like trying to find something can be as stressful as the situation that I'm currently in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like there's so many choices now. And, Too like, you many. Have to go through all these streaming services and you're like, where is this thing showing? And mm-hmm. so I try to keep a note in my notes app that kind of is like a running list of things that like me and my friends have mentioned recently. The algorithms help a lot, like on TikTok and YouTube, like they're pretty good about being like, I feel like this is what you want to watch. Usually they write. But I try to keep the journey to choosing something as easy as possible because my whole point of doing it is to calm down, not be more anxious. Right. Okay, so what is something that you have a craving for and it is not available easily right now? It's not streaming. No one's uploaded it to YouTube yet. What what are some things that you're just like, oh, I wish I could go back and, and watch this again or listen to this again? Hmm. One of the big things was I had all of Aaliyah's music on, like, CD when I when it first came out. But, like, I don't know where those CDs are. And so <laughs> when they made her music available for streaming, I was really excited. Then I had to do this whole, like, internal debate about, like, because I know that her family isn't happy that it's on streaming. Right. Oh, and, piece of right. shit, uncle. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I'm just like, give us our music. <laughs> I believe I have a great answer. Okay. 
Do you remember either, either of you remember the box or the jukebox? Of course. Yes, of course. Okay. Nicole, what was it called where you grew up? Was it the box or the jukebox? The box. The box. Yeah, just the box. See, I remember when it was called the jukebox and then it switched over to the box somehow. Was it purple? The jukebox had the purple logo and then the box was just like black and white, the box. Or like okay. black and yellow. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, yes. Absolutely. Okay. I think it was the same shit, but you know. Right. They tried to get hip, right? They didn't want to like <laughs> Right. <laughs> We're a cool music station. Right. <laughs> but there are so many songs that I can remember hearing for the first time on the box, like Parents Just Don't Understand by Will Smith. Mm. What I'm trying to get at is a bunch of obscure stuff that I can no longer like remember the words to or the names to, like the group or whatever. But if I hear it, I will know what it is, right? So I would love for just like a collection of just songs from the jukebox or songs from the box, just like a playlist of those things. Because like there was a song called B-Girls that nobody else has ever heard or heard of. Does it sound familiar? Yeah, B, B stands for Bronco, <gasps> Benz, Ben W, BMW bars, bangles, and a pair of Brahms. Yes. When you see us pulled up down the aisle, you act like, like we, we are stars. stars. I'm not trying to vacate. I sing this whole song yes. for the Back Issue team, and they were like, what? <laughs> no. Uh, it, the band is Young and the Restless. That's what they were Young called. Young and the Restless with a D instead of the... Yes. <laughs> I love that's what I want. That's what I want yeah. access to. Okay. You know? Yeah. Because, like, the, the songs I remember, I can go and I can look for, like, Anket, Always and Forever. Yeah. <laughs> they're all, like, on a little pier and their hair is so burnt and fried, but it is, like, blowing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Them little fan ponytails and yes. they just. Oh, my gosh. See, this is what I want. This is what yes. I want. I want to relive mm. this moment with all of the songs that I cannot remember from. The box. Somebody needs to get on that. And the thing about the box, too. So we always talk about the music videos. But there was at one point where you could do dedications and your dedication would scroll at the bottom of the screen. I would love to see some of those dedications and see what people were (gasps) telling each other. Like, because I remember, like, you know, they would do like a lot of slow songs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Right. So people would dedicate their slow songs. I miss that on the radio. Like, I I miss listening to, like, radio stations and, like, people would call in and be like, uh, my baby's (laughs) gone in a different city, and so can you please play Amanda Perez's Angel? Like, like, what a time. Yes. Yes. Or somebody would call and be like, me and my man Lathan had a fight, so I want to request for my boo-boo, Anita Baker's I Apologize, because I do. And you were home like, oh. I remember I used to call into the radio all the time. Did you? Oh, absolutely. I won stuff off the radio before. Like, I won a Nappy Roots album. Hell oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Happy belated Nappy Roots Day, everyone. <laughs> I forgot to wish you. It was September 16th. You can Google it. It's a real day. I'm sorry. Please <laughs> I won tickets to a soccer game for naming what? five women MCs. <laughs> okay. I remember when Solange's first single from her first album, Solo Star, came out. It was called Feeling You. And I remember I called and I asked the radio DJ to play it and he was like, you like this song? And I was like, <laughs> oh. Shade! But look who was right. Baloop. So, y'all use nostalgia to like take you back to a place where there is hope, where there is peace, but now you are also using nostalgia as a point in your career like you are making a living off of going back in time and looking through the past 
first of all, does your job as hosts and producers and creators of Back Issue fuck up your time when you are watching these things? Because then you're like, oh, shit, should we do an episode on this? I do have those moments where I'm like, going through videos and then I'll send Tracy I'll be like oh I need to send this to Tracy because we should do an episode about this Mm -hmm. but like to me that doesn't take away from that hopefulness or like that that break from reality that I'm getting because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the type of conversations I would be having with Tracy anyway like it would be it would be me sending her YouTube videos and her sending me YouTube videos of songs that I've never heard exactly (laughs) (laughs) Um, so honestly like One of the things I love about working in podcasting as a producer, as a host, is with each show that you do, you get to, like, become an expert at a different thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really, really grateful that this is what I get to work on at this moment in time. Because if I were working on something that was, like, super heavy or something that maybe, like, was a lot more academic or, like, maybe, like, based in trauma. Like, I don't know what my life would look like right now. Like, the fact that I've had this space to, like, run to and this is what I've been able to focus on in this time has really been a saving grace. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I think I feel the same way. I think that it's often hard for me to not think about work, but when work is the same as the thing that I turn to for peace. It's kind of like a twofer. You know, you buy one, get one free. I don't know if that's the, that lingo <laughs> makes sense metaphorically, but you know what I'm trying to say. But like, I get ideas when I'm just like surfing around YouTube and looking for old music videos and shit like this. Like, oh, snap, I remember such and so. I should write this down on a list of potential show ideas. And then it's like, bam, two birds, one stone. I should stop saying that as somebody who really likes birds. Two squirrels, one stone. Yeah. <laughs> so with this job, it does not. With others, it absolutely could. Like Josh was saying, like if we were, if we didn't have so much creative control and input over the show and if there were like certain things that we like had to check off, had to tick off, you know, something like that, it would make it a lot more stressful and then it would probably feel like I'm doing work all the time when I'm just like kicking it and relaxing. But it doesn't, thankfully. I got to fight that in my gratitude journal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good because that's one of the things that led me to starting the show was that I realized that everything that I was doing for fun or just to like take myself out of the world, you know, I was monetizing it. I, you know, Mm. especially as a freelancer, I was like, what can I do with this? Can I make this into an article? Should I pitch this and all this kind of stuff? And, you know, even though I ultimately am turning it back into a career by talking about it and talking about it with other people, like, y'all, it's still just like, I felt like I needed a separation and I did not want to always do something that I had to turn into profit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's real. I think that, like, you know that phrase, like, if you find something you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that that's fake. Like, I don't don't think that that's real. Like, I think that work will always feel like work. Like, it's it's a job. Right. But I do think that, like, if you're lucky enough or if you have the space to make your work as pleasurable of an experience as you can and make it something that you're like actually jazzed about like that's a privilege i think 
Yeah. You know what, though? That reminds me of that other phrase. Um, What is it? Find a way to get paid doing what you love or turn what you love doing into something you get paid for. That's not always great advice because once your hobby, this hobby that you love becomes your job that you won't profit from unless you're able to do the thing and do it well enough to bring money home. Uh, That pressure ruined (laughs) it kind of ruined my life stream for me I won't say ruined I won't say ruined but I wanted to be a writer when I got older like and Nicole you know like it's all I've ever wanted to do and then when I started freelancing like I froze everything dried up it felt like I couldn't write anymore I couldn't produce anymore I didn't like reading anymore because I was reading all this good stuff that I felt like I should be able to compete with and I, I really really hated writing for a long time don't love it now honestly like don't tell my 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 writing that I guess I don't know but it definitely <laughs> made a big difference once it became the thing that I started to to eat off of and maybe that's why I turned to podcasting because now I can just say the words instead of write them mm. <laughs> I'm not going to turn into your therapist on that one. So we're going <laughs> to. But do you think that nostalgia and going back in time for yourself, have you ever felt that it has caused you not necessarily harm, but that it has affected you in a negative way or pulled you too deeply into the past and then you have to struggle to come back to the present? Mm. I feel like a good barometer for like where my mental health is at that specific point in time is how much I'm leaning on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. If all I want to do is retreat and go back, then it's a pretty good sign to myself that I need to check in with myself and be like, girl, what's what's going on? How you feeling? What's going on? What you doing? Mm-hmm. I don't think that the the nostalgia itself is necessarily a bad thing. But like anything, like if you use something too much, it can be bad, you know? And I think that like just staying aware of your inclination to use it and like why you're using it and how much you're using it is important. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. I agree with all of that, except I'm not good at checking in with myself. I just get really angry when I have to stop my nostalgia train to come back into the present. And it just like makes me really frustrated and irritable and all that shit. But it's probably where I should take it with myself. I'm learning so much today. I didn't so. say I was good at it. I just said I can but at least I- identify it's something that's on it. your radar, you know? <laughs> it's something that's on the radar, and that's good. I think that in addition to that, overall, like, I'm pretty good at skipping pieces of nostalgia and pop culture that might be triggering. Like, there are certain songs that, you know, I don't listen to these days or certain, you know, like, movies or TV shows or whatever. Like, it's pretty easy to avoid those but I will say that something that my nostalgia habit my nostalgia dependence I don't know what the right word is but whatever it is it has made me feel like a bad black person very often Mm, in what way because sometimes when the world is just too much and my folks are like fighting in the streets or fighting in the tweets you know like doing their job to raise awareness and like I just cannot I just can't I just don't have that energy that I used to do when I was younger and sometimes I'm like I just I just need to go and watch the worst parts of America's Next Top Model so right <laughs> laugh about it and then like sometimes it's hard to enjoy if like the world is like extra sucky like with the race riots and shit going on when Breonna Taylor was murdered you know especially in my own hometown like I felt like shit I felt like shit for looking for something else to to take me out of the current situation instead of like being present and in my body and trying to do something I don't know you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. so there are those moments I will say 
I would argue that those are the moments where you need it the most. Okay, if Nicole's not going to therapize me. Sorry. <laughs> Why do you get to? <laughs> but you right. Because I feel that way too. I feel that way too. I feel like there's this pressure for Black people to always be on, always be aware of every mm-hmm. single political thing that's happening. Because if we don't fight for ourselves, who will? Who's going to look out for you? Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Is that physically, humanly possible? Like, no. it's not. It's not possible. It's not healthy. You know? And so I have felt that way too, but I think that like you have to be able to pour into yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, man. Put your oxygen mask on first and then you can That's right. deal with everybody else's shit. Yeah. Cause I just saw this thing on Twitter with this um they were at a dog park, right? It's a black dude at a dog park with his dog. <sighs> White woman comes up to him and is like, Go back to your hood. Right. What? Bitch? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now he had like a little video clip that he posted on Twitter and it seemed like everybody involved because like he also turned to a witness who was like didn't you hear what she just said and the witness was like yeah she did but it seemed like everybody was drunk okay including, including the man with the video who was recording and right, videotaping okay. right and so then the situation escalated. Like, she saw that he was recording. She tried to do the, oh, no, I'm the victim. What? I can't believe you said that to me thing. And then she walked away. And the video ends with her walking away. I don't know if she stayed walking away. She might have looped back. I feel like if she had looped back, he would have posted that as well. But it seemed mm. like she just eventually just walked away. Because, again, she looked drunk. And she was holding a can of something. So he posted the video. Somebody, like did their thing, found who she was. He then found her employer and then her employer fired her. And I was just like, you know what? I cannot care about this. Which is, you know, like, (laughs) I don't have the energy for it. Number one, I feel a little, I'm not really sure that she needed to be fired for this particular incident. Even though it was Mm -hmm. fucked up and it was clearly racist, I don't know that we need to do all this, especially since she just walked away. Like, once she realized, oh, this is a bad situation, let me just walk away from what I started. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's done. But then it was just like, I can't deal with any more of this right now. Yes. And so when yeah. I saw that, I just closed out of Twitter and I put on Hulu to watch mm-hmm. Frasier. You know, because it's just right. like, mm-hmm. let me deal with some fictional snobby white people because I can't <laughs> deal with, right. you know, yeah. the real life whatever this is right now and all the like conflicted feelings that I'm having. So I totally am with you when it comes to just like checking out and just being like, this is how I am going to stay sane today. Because if, if we did take on all the burdens of everything that happens to black people at any given moment, everything that happens to marginalized people at any given moment, we would just, we would just be a puddle. Drop dead. Yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. Yeah. So I I hear you. Nostalgia is like, it's a lifesaver in the same way that it can also be, you know, sometimes a harmful distraction. I think it's also okay to like compartmentalize your life in a, in a sense. Like, like there are moments where I'm going to be super tapped into what's happening politically and I'm going to be like looking up all of the situations that are happening and like trying to make my voice heard. But also like at the same time, I think that there's this really weird thing that's happened with these videos, like where they've like seeped into entertainment right. space, as opposed right. to like 
letting you know what's happening space. You know what I mean? Like there are the all of these TikToks like dedicated to Karen interactions, and I'll find them on my for you page, and I'm like, this is not what <laughs> I'm not for me. on TikTok <laughs> to figure out to find out. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So like I think that ha- having a space for everything is not a bad thing. Right. And see, the thing about relying on the algorithm sometimes. You know, maybe you looked up something just to f- get, like, more information. It's a quick research thing. Like, okay, I got it. Now you're done. And then YouTube and TikTok and whatever, or Instagram. Why y'all keep... always bringing up old yes, stuff? I did it right? one time. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my algorithm right now is, my YouTube algorithm is all, like, deadly plane crashes. What? It's stressing me out. And it's deadly plane crashes because I wanted to watch a Howard Hughes documentary, uh, right? Uh-huh. The aviator, aviation dude. And they had mentioned that he had a really, like, four really bad plane crashes. So I wanted more information on those. And now it's like the top 24 deadliest plane crashes since <laughs> 1972. That was such a good voice, Tris. Thank you. They be, they be hype. They be real hype about the plane crashes. And so now I'm like, well, shit. Now I got to go search for happy stuff. So that mm-hmm. you can get your mind right. Okay, so what are some current day things, new things trending that you use to kind of re-anchor yourself in the present? Hmm. Movies, music, TV shows, books, whatever, anything. I don't know if I try to anchor myself in the present. <laughs> fair, fair enough, I'm fair enough. <laughs> you know, so I don't get fine. Um... <laughs> I do. I have started doing this thing, and I'm really proud of myself as a what? What am I called? A, a fucking Don't, what was uh, the, uh, 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 as a geriatric I millennial? It. I rebuke um, it. Yeah, I you are. See whoever first. You know what, Nicole? What? So I'm you, trying to be nice because I'm in your house, but <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm sensitive about that. But the thing that I have noticed myself do twice. I don't want to. I don't want to set any unrealistic expectations here. It's not like a thing that I've done. Two times I found myself, like I listened to one of the three or four, like most recent albums that I've gotten into. And then when, um, when Spotify starts like suggesting other artists, you know, like people I've never heard of before, I will actually let it play and listen to it and see if there's something new that catches my ear. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that too. But uh- I honestly can't last too long in them. Maybe like an hour. I'd be going right back to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I am Shazam CEO. Like, I... (laughs) Like, you don't even have to do it with your iPhone anymore. Like, you just, like, ask Siri, like, who is this? And it'll tell you. And I I will save all of those songs, like, so that they're the first things that I see. And I try to go to those first. Mm, That's amazing. I wish I had that kind of energy. I actually worried that I worry about what it means that I cannot really absorb new content and like shows and material and movies and stuff. I'm just like, have I hit that point where like all of new music is just going to sound like noise to me? Like our moms and grandmoms used to say about hip hop, you know, it really it really bothers me. But I it's it's hard to. It's hard to be present, I right. think, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I, I think we all have phases like that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I really do. And I feel like, for me, it's like, it's definitely something that's cyclical. Like, where I go through, like, this moment where I'm like, child, I don't want to hear any of that new. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm in my auntie mode right now. Give me something for the grown and sexy. Like, let me put on all white. Like... <laughs> Have your own all white party. <laughs> I I'm a white love pinnacle. that. I love the idea of having your own all white party. And then, yes, that is awesome. That's a great idea. 
you know, I've tried to listen to some new music like Chloe and Holly Bailey. Uh, I love their music. And so. I was really impressed by them. And I was like, oh, that's really good. But then I'm also like, I can't understand shit they're saying. Like, I really have to have <laughs> the lyrics right there. And that makes me feel old, right? You know, because yeah. that's like what my mom, what the hell are they saying? You know, like that's. <laughs> but I also think that that is just uh, maybe a trend or something that's happening with a lot of singers these days who can actually sing yes. not the whisperers but the actual like people with vocal chops they have to slur their shit they have to like yeah I, sing I don't know yeah. like singing cursive yeah. <laughs> I don't understand That's it funny. I would like to move on to the indulgence part of our episode. And that, <laughs> and that is when I recommend something that our listeners can get into guilt-free, no shame. We don't do guilty pleasures around here. Okay. Hey, I, love just like, I love you that. I love that. Josh, could you please offer your indulgence today? I find that cooking is one of the times in which I feel the most zoned out, like the most, <laughs> like we did an episode with Dr. Joy from Therapy for Black Girls. And she was started talking about mindfulness and talking about like meditation and cooking is like, I think the closest to what I feel like I could experience as meditation. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you give me a recipe and it's like, this is going to take three days. I'm like, let's, go like i'm so excited <laughs> like i've i found like a recipe to make bagels and that takes a long time because you have to like let it proof between each time that you like need it and i was zoned out for three days it was amazing and so i really recommend just like getting into like cooking and cookbooks like i love a cookbook like i love buying a cookbook and then cooking my way through it like i think it's just Super fun. And then you have, you get to zone out, but then you also have food afterwards. Yes. As a byproduct. (laughs) (laughs) Meditate, get food after. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Tracy Llewellyn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am actually very excited to share this indulgence with the class. That indulgence is just like old school, like elementary school style arts and crafts like (laughs) I love I love hobbies in general like I think starting a new hobby is my hobby I'll get really obsessed with something and buy all of this shit and then I'll do the thing for like a day and I'm like whoo that was fun what's next you know (laughs) but all of that has given me like this very very beautiful tote full of just like construction paper and glitter and glue and pens and magazines and just like stickers and just all of this stuff And I feel like it's just so much fun to just, like, create something, even if it's shit afterwards. And with me, it usually is. Like, I've not made anything that I can, like, hang on my wall for other people to see. (laughs) But it's just so maybe that the whole meditative process thing. You know, yeah. it's just like, what will this look like if I put a red circle here? What if I do like a little collage on this side? Do I still remember how to cut out like a, a heart or a snowflake? Like stuff like that, I think both makes it easy for me to zone out. And I think that it like activates a part of my brain that is usually like asleep, you know, because the older we get 
the further removed we are from like childhood and adolescence when like imagination is really, really important and we imagine all the time. And fun. And fun is really, really important. Fun for its own sake. Fun for the sake of fun. Like that activity like is physically beneficial to our brains. You know what I mean? Like the better your imagination is, the easier it is for you to imagine ways out of danger or to imagine ways that the shitty situation that you're in now can be made better. Also, it's just fun, you know, like literally revisit your inner child, because when we talk about going back um, and talking about nostalgia, going back to that peaceful moment, we're talking about going back to our inner child, our Mm. inner child's, Mm. our inner destiny's child's. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we get separated from that inner child so quickly and so early in our lives. And it's like, no, you you need that. Like, life was about balance. You need, like, the childlike part of you just as much as you need the responsible adult part of you. Because you need a break from the responsible adult part of you Mm -hmm. often. So that is my prescription for indulgence. Take a break. Go back. Check in with your child. Be like, bitch, we finger painting today. Let's ride. You can paint, like, dicks. You know, it doesn't have to be like all macaroni art and hand turkeys. You can pay whatever you want. You a grown ass woman. Your teacher can't tell you, hey, don't you draw no dicks in this class. You draw all the dicks you want to. All right. And it's just it's just good, clean fun. And I'm no longer going to I'm no longer going to consider that a guilty hobby or a guilty pleasure. Thanks to this show. So thank you for the gift. Yay. That's what we're here for. So what I hear in both of your indulgences are activating that creative side of you that may be a different kind of creative side of you that you don't always get to, you know, highlight in your regular everyday lives. And that it is something that there are some rules, you know, you know how a heart shape is supposed to be, you know how a res- to follow a recipe, but you still get to be creative and color outside the lines or add your own little yeah. zhuzh to the recipe mm-hmm. or figure out. Mm, they didn't put enough salt in here they need more garlic in here we need more glitter over here so you're still putting your fingerprint on this thing that kind of comes with a little bit of a guideline anyway and you still just get to like be your full creative self in in both of these areas mm-hmm. yeah wow <laughs> that's yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> that part <laughs> absolutely Thank y'all so much for being here today. Thank, Thank you for, for having, having us. us. This was fun. Yes, this was so good. Where can listeners find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at Broken McPoverty on Twitter and all of the rest of the socials. You can find me on all the socials at Regarding Josh. And you can find Back Issue on Instagram at Back Issue Pod and on Twitter at hashtag Back Issue Podcast. Um, before we sign off, please allow me to say that this has been so much fun and that you are a fantastic host. Aw, like, thank you. The, the questions were so good. Busting. And then you're like, okay, so what I'm hearing you say. And I'm just like, damn, I said that. Did I say that? that? Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> you said that? <laughs> This is Good For You is hosted by me, Nicole Perkins, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver. Our editor is Brandon Grugel. And our executive producers are Amanda McLaughlin and me. Our theme was created by Don Will, and our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. 
You can follow the show at This Is Good Pod, and you can follow me at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T N Whiskey with an E Woman. And a huge, huge thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon, especially to our supporting producer level patrons, Chelsea, Conchetta, Courtney, and Elizabeth. To get exclusive rewards like stickers, monthly playlists curated by me, and even custom drabbles written just for you, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. This was good for me. Was it good for you? <laughs>